Welcome back to the Emergency Goalies. We took a week off for various things. Uh, Michael was going to go on the trip, but it fell through. But anyway, there's been a lot of news since our last uh, podcast. I guess we should start with the uh, biggest story, of course, is Connor Bedard, broken jaw. He's out six to eight weeks. He has been skating, but it's more of a getting cleared for contact situation that's going to be a while but then there is um a couple signings that weren't that unexpected uh dickinson and polino both signed two-year extensions which makes sense because it's michael you've said many times they have a bunch of cap space and they're going to need players the next few years and those guys have been decently effective so they're getting a couple more year extensions and uh, yeah, I guess we'll just ask you about that before we even get into the actual on-ice situation, just what's been going on with all this off-ice development. Well, uh, I think you summed it up pretty good. There are a couple of guys that uh, have been two of the Hawks' better players, but I think most importantly, they've been kind of the on-ice leadership. Well, I shouldn't even say on-ice on ice and off ice leadership for is going to be a young team for the next couple of years. Um, and I, I think Davidson and the coaching staff have been impressed with the way Felino has shepherded Connor Bedard and, and, you know, some of the other young defensemen in that on the team and uh, Dickinson, you know, guy having a career year, He's also been wearing a letter on his sweater at times this year. And so, yeah, I mean, the Blackhawks have to spend money on somebody. So it might as well be somebody who, you know, fits in the locker room and uh, is willing willing to be here and, you know, play through, you know, a, a, a lot of losses. Um, it's It's not an easy situation to be in, but these two guys have kind of showed them that they're willing to work and be a good example, uh, even in the, the really difficult stretches. So they're here for another two years and the contracts are exactly what I expected them to be two years, probably about $2 million more than those players are worth, mm -hmm. but that's how you, uh, reach the cap floor, and that is how you keep a couple of guys that could go to a contender and you know compete for a cup. And so you gotta you gotta entice them to stay somehow. So it it's kind of a win win for for the org. Um, there's not much else that the Blackhawks can spend the money on that would make any difference anyway. So uh, give uh, you know reward a couple of guys that are are doing what you ask of them. Yep, and so now of course. Obviously, with Bedard out, the on-ice product, I mean, this offense is now just, which was already pretty weak, it's now just incredibly anemic. And you're not seeing, they're playing a lot of games where they're actually hanging in some of these games, but they're scoring, like, one goal, two goals, like, top. It's been one goal for each of the last four games. Um, I guess, technically, they won the last game two to one, but the... The yeah, second goal was a shoot was a shootout goal. So um 
you know, during, during regular play, yeah, it's been one goal in each of the last four games. And yeah, they just, they, they don't have any creative players right now. Um, They've still got a few guys that can shoot, but nobody that can set them up. There's very few good passers left on the team. And, you know, almost nobody that can beat a defenseman one-on-one or even create that much space out there. And when they so, do get, yeah, when they do get an opportunity, like the occasional breakaway two and one, they just don't have the skill to finish often. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty tough, <laughs> it's a tough watch. But at the same time, um, you know, I this this last game against San Jose was a, a fairly boring game, but mm-hmm. uh, a couple of the games before that, you know, even with the anemic offense, the team is competing really hard right now. They they are um, skating hard. They are forechecking, backchecking. Uh, this is some of the best defensive hockey we've yes. seen the Blackhawks play in years. And, I mean, they've actually outshot a couple of good opponents. Yes. Um, in the last week or two, which is not something the Blackhawks have been able to pull off in a very long time. Uh, now that that backs a little little bit in the San Jose game, yeah. Um, but Mrazek uh, had a terrific game to kind of bail them out a little bit there. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it's you know a bunch of bunch of guys that are you know filling in for injuries and they realize the stakes. These are guys that, you know, have been on the fringes of the NHL for a long time, you know, guys like Rem Pitlick and uh, Sanford and, you know, and then some of the internal guys that are getting elevated up the lineup. Yeah. You, you almost need a, as you say, you really need like every game to grab the roster to see who these, because there are people playing like, when did this guy end up on the Blackhawks? I haven't been right. able to. Yeah, I mean, these guys realize the opportunity that they are being granted right now where, you know, like Rem Pitlick is on the Blackhawks' first power play unit. Uh, You know, he's, (laughs) I can almost guarantee you, he's never gotten that opportunity in the NHL prior to this season. Yeah, you got like like a a Gutman, too. Gutman, it's not going to be usually on the power play. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're trying to take advantage of it. They're working hard. It's just, yeah, these are not as skilled as, you know, they need to be to, to take advantage of the opportunity, unfortunately. But it's kind of like, um, it, I would say, um, if this is like, I think you agree with me on this, that if defense, it's more about effort. You can play. Yes. And it's not offense. You need skill. Yes, definitely. Um, now, I mean, that's not to say that there isn't some defensive skill involved, but you can reach a level of, of competence if you play simple, hard, high effort hockey. And that's currently what the Blackhawks are doing. It's a simplified system compared to what, you know, they used to run um, under the previous coaching staff. And so as long as you're kind of staying in the right place and pressuring the puck um, you can keep a lot of the uh, opportunities to the outside and that's what they're doing. 
And yeah, I mean, they're even generating a few more turnovers and that sort of thing than they have previously. But again, you, they're not able to translate that into offense the other way because of the lack of talent. And I, I think the other thing that's been a pleasant surprise too has been defensive efforts from Kevin Korczynski and Alex Vlasic. Uh, well, you know, Vlasic's been solid all year long. Korczynski, I think in the last two to three weeks is starting to find a, maybe a little bit more of a comfort level. Um, we're, you know, we're still, it's only been a few weeks, so it, it could just be a good stretch and not necessarily a trend, but I'd like to think that the, maybe the game's slowing down for him a little bit and he's, he's finding his footing now and we can hopefully see more consistent, effective effort out of him. Cause you know, there were some really tough stretches for him early in the season, but I mean, he's playing top four minutes right now and playing pretty well. That's not just a stretch. That's been all year. He's been solid. Yeah. I mean, he's maybe had two or three bad games, you know, maybe five at the most, but I mean, we're halfway into the season and he's been the Blackhawks most consistent player. Uh, I don't, I don't know that there's even any doubt. I mean, even like Bedard has had a few bad games in comparison to him. Um, I think really the only guy that, you know, you could maybe say would be up there would be Dickinson. Um, But yeah, Vlasic has been very impressive for a rookie. And, you know, he's got Seth Jones back now as his, as his partner. So that's, sh- that should help as well. Um, and uh, yeah. And, you know, and then, like I said, Korczynski, uh, you know, and he's been bouncing around with different defense partners as well. I mean, he's played with Magna, he's played with Zaitsev, he's played with Murphy. He's been effective with pretty much all of them. And that's a good sign because that was one thing that, you know, that we see with Vlasic throughout the year too. You know, early on, he was playing almost exclusively with Jones. And you, you could you could think, oh, well, you know, he's playing with the Hawks' best defenseman. Maybe Jones is having an effect on Vlasic. But even before Jones went out, Vlasic was starting to play with Murphy. Vlasic was getting moved around and it didn't matter who he was playing with he always made the other player better. Mm-hmm. And so that's a very good sign. And we're starting to maybe see that with Korczynski a little bit. And so, yeah, that's uh, that to me has been probably the biggest development out of these two or three weeks is just the improvement in, in Korczynski's game. Yeah. You know, cause you know, I, it, it's nice that the, the rest of the team is trying hard, but you know, we're still at the point where most of these guys, it doesn't matter. They're not going to be here that long, but, um, you know, getting, getting some improvement out of Korczynski is, you know, an important factor for the future of the team. So. It's just, you know, the injuries too, are just, they're not slowing down. It's been, and this isn't a very good team anyway, but these injuries are just crazy. Absolutely nuts. And it continued last night. Uh, Zaitsev hit the IR today with a knee injury. And so they had to recall Crevier from Rockford. And so, you know, I mean, we're back up to, I want to say we're back up to seven guys on IR. Because uh, like Jones came off. Um, I know he's not on IR, but he hasn't played the past couple of games. So 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think he might be sick, so I think he's hopefully going to be back soon. But yeah, I mean, they put Zaitsev on IR immediately. And so my guess is he's not going to be back for quite a while. Yeah, and so, finger, but I, I don't know how long. Yeah, I'm not, it, it's, I, it's going to depend on which finger it is and which hand it is. Um, so, yeah, but I would expect probably at least a couple of more weeks on that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, you know, it, it's nice. They got Jones back. They got Anderson back. They got, um, one other guy back on the blank, but thank Radish. Yeah. You know, but unfortunately I, they really don't have any centers right now. It's basically Dickinson and then Kurashev's filling in uh, yeah. as the top line center, but uh, that's, you know, <laughs> you, you, you know how I feel about that. So yeah. um, it's, it's a struggle right now. <laughs> it's, it's it not pretty lot, offense. It tells you a lot too that, um, Michael's still there, even using him at center with everything. I don't think they are. They have not been. No, he's been actually playing wing um, with Mackenzie Entwistle as his center. And the same with Cole Gutman, who, you know, he was the third center to open the year, went down to Rockford. He was the top center down in Rockford for a while. And then he, when he came back up, they tried him at center again. But defensively, he just wasn't able to cut it. And so they've seemingly moved him to wing full-time as well. So both Reichel and Gutman, despite all these injuries, are still not getting any more center reps, which is fine with me because, uh, I, I don't, you know, neither one of those guys, I think, is a long-term center. Yeah, and that's, the, you know, um, the one thing you're really hoping for the second half of the year is some kind of improvement from Reichel. It's just... It's just yeah, it's, it's still a struggle for him. Um, you know, I... I I like a few things I've seen. He's he's trying to make a few more creative passes because like that's one of the things that impressed me at the end of last season was he made a lot of really slick passes from the boards or behind the net and set up guys for some prime scoring chances. And we did not see that at all at the beginning of the year. We're starting to see him try it again. Um, yeah, I a think, couple of bursts against uh, the Sharks that looked kind of promising. So yeah, it, 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 it's it's coming in spurts anyway. And I do think he's affected a little bit by not having anybody else skilled to play with. Um, I mean, Gutman's got a little bit, but, you know, it, it, it's... It's just not enough out there. And, you know, I, I think unfortunately we're seeing a little bit that maybe Reichel isn't a guy that's going to be able to elevate people around him, that maybe he needs, you know, a couple of good line mates to play with. Uh, so I wouldn't, I, I would like to see when, when Bedard does come back, stick Reichel on his line. And and give it a good two or three weeks, and just just see what happens. Um, yeah. You know whether Reichel has earned that opportunity or not. I just I, I don't know what else to try with him at this point because sending him back to Rockford doesn't do any good. Yeah. He's he hasn't found any chemistry with anybody else on the roster. Yeah. I, I felt like his best game came when he did get an opportunity on the top line. Mm-hmm. So let's let's just see it and. 
you know, at that point, you're not playing for anything anyway. So yeah, this would be the year to find out. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and you know, when the season started, I was fine with them trying him at center. I was fine with, you know, they, they basically gave him the opportunity to, to see if he could elevate guys around him and carry his own line. And, you know, he couldn't do that. Okay. That's fine. Not everybody can. Yeah. Um, so at this point it's okay. Well, okay. If he's not that type of player and I mean, he's still, this is still his first full season. So maybe he can, you know, figure that out eventually. But at this point, you know, I think he just, he needs somebody and Bedard's the only somebody they have. So, um, yeah, I, I would just prefer they stick him up there and, and just see how it goes for a little while. Mm-hmm. Right. So I guess uh, anything else you want to talk a little about Morazic has been playing. Oh, he's been great. He's been great. And, um, you know, I, I think that ties in with the, Dickinson and Felino contracts. Blackhawks are kind of in the same situation in net where they need a veteran. They need to overpay somebody. Morazic's been healthy this year. He's been playing well. They seem to respond to him. Uh, He's always been considered a good locker room guy as well. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see him also sign a similar type extension. Yeah. Uh, Especially with the disappointing results from Soderblom so far. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's at this point, it's pretty clear Soderblom isn't ready to, you know, even fully take over a a timeshare. He still needs some help there. Uh, I think the only thing that, there may be a little bit of slight hesitation with Morazic is the injury history. And also when you're talking goaltenders, you only have room for two. Whereas with the forwards, you can move guys around, you know, if you, if if stuff doesn't work out with Dickinson and Felino, it's not that big of a deal. At goal, you're working with a limited number of roster spots. And then also the Blackhawks do need to, absorb some salary somewhere and it and it can't just be a you know these slight overpays that they're giving dickinson and felino and the goal is getting a goal that's got a big contract can be exactly there's there's some bad goalie contracts out there that teams are going to be looking to unload and so the blackhawks may want to wait until the off season and explore those options before committing to morazic so um, while I wouldn't be shocked if they do get a deal done with Morazic before the end of the season, I also wouldn't be surprised if they wait a little while and then maybe give it to him in the off season if they can't figure out, you know, some other way to, to take on those contracts. So, yeah. All right. So, so I guess we can look ahead now. And, you know, I, I we scheduled this and I forgot that the, Blackhawks are playing today. It's Wednesday. We're supposed yes. to play today. So I thought, well, I guess we'll have our first podcast recording during a game. And then, well, Mother Nature stepped in. Blizzard hit Buffalo and the game got postponed until tomorrow. So that'll be their first game at Buffalo. Yes. Yes. That, uh, you know, it's a struggling team. 
um, even though they have been playing a little better lately. Um, but it's, you know, a squad that was expected or, or at least hoped that they were going to take kind of a step forward and maybe compete a little harder for a playoff spot this year. But they are, you know, down near the bottom of the standings, unfortunately. Uh, they've they've got a decent a decent young squad there, and and they're kind of a cautionary tale for the Blackhawks here. Where, I mean, the Sabers have had two first overall picks in the last five years. They've had multiple top ten picks as well in the top, last five years. They've got a collection of good young players, but they still can't get, can't get over the hump yet. Over the hump, and you know, Bedard can be a bit of a a trump card there that the Sabres don't have. They don't have that yeah, the best guy true, true number one center. Jack Eichel and they got rid of him. So right, exactly. So it's but it's still uh, you know, like I said, a cautionary tale where, you know, people want to spend money this offseason because it's like, oh, let's get good better players in here. And then, you know, we bring in the young players and but it can take a long time for these young players to kind of grow into the players that you need them to. So you, you can't get ahead of yourself. You need to, you need to give it a couple of years for these guys to develop before you even have an idea of what you have and what you're going to need down the road. So yeah. Uh, yeah, just something to keep in mind. And then, yeah. So then, you know, it was supposed to be Wednesday, now it's Thursday, which means that they also will have a back-to-back because Friday night they will come back to Chicago and play the Islanders. So that's going to be a, a tough turnaround where, you know, going to be in Buffalo, have to take a late flight or early morning flight um, to get back to Chicago through the weather and then play the Islanders. So it's possible that could be an ugly one. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you're going to maybe skip a Blackhawks game, this week, uh, I would suggest the Friday night against the Islanders. Uh, and then they have the weekend off, and but then they travel out to Vancouver to play the Canucks on Monday night. And that's tough one. That's a tough one. That's <laughs> that's one of the better teams in the league. And that is the Blackhawks on the road where they have struggled um, throughout the season. So yep. It's it's not an easy haul um, this week for the Blackhawks. It's Mother Nature's playing, being rough on them. The injury bug has been rough on them, obviously, and then they've got to face a couple of good teams on top of it. So, and it, you know, it's going to be sometimes. It's not without Bedard. It might be hard to even get up the the desire to watch. And I understand that for yeah. people. You know, it's still hockey games and. As long yep. as they're competitive, they're still fine, in my opinion. Yeah, and and you know, obviously the the lack of offense is frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the last game against San Jose was a little bit of a slog it's, you at know, times. That shootout, I was worried because <laughs> there's the lack of skill on both sides. Yeah, it's that was a fairly pathetic showing, um, but that kind of shows what what you're working with here. And, you know, and the, the, the sad part was it wasn't even a surprise. Like I mentioned something on Twitter and then like I scrolled through a little bit and like eight other people had made the exact same type of comment as me, where it's like, can either of, and it, do either of these teams have anybody that can score in a shootout sort of well, thing? I, yeah. I think we saw, 
yeah, it's pretty obvious um, the talent gap between the Sharks, the Hawks, and literally the rest of the NHL at this point. It's, that it's for Boris Kachuk. Did he? Yeah, and, you know, and hey, good for him. You know, he's a guy that got sent down to the AHL, cleared waivers, um, you know, and then came back up. And he's one of the few guys on the team that can put the puck in the net. Uh, I mean, he can shoot the puck a little bit. And, hey, I mean, he made a good move on the shootout, too. So, you know, he's one of those guys that's sensing the opportunity and rising to the occasion a little bit. So, Yep. All right. Well, as always, Michael on Twitter. MJ underscore Ernst. STH85. And you can get the podcast on the Apple Podcast app or Spotify. And we'll be back next week. And maybe the Blackhawks won't get any more injuries. And maybe they'll even win a game. So. <laughs>